Good morning, good morning, and welcome to your business in digital. Happy Easter if you are celebrating Easter. Happy, happy Easter to you. We are so excited to be here. Good morning, everyone. Thank you guys for joining us on this Easter Monday. Andrea, I know it is a holiday in Trinidad. <laughs> it uh, is. All had a great, great weekend, and let us jump into the show. And welcome to your business in digital, where what we do is we connect all the dots between sales, finance, marketing, and operations, because that's the only way your small business can really function when you have all of those things working. That's how you get to that place of your business truly in digital. So I am super excited to be here all the time to talk to you guys about digital. So let's do a quick recap from last week. So in our last show, we talked about content and content marketing. So content is so important to your business, right? This is how your connect customers really connect with you and make sure that they they're getting you're hitting their pain points that your message is relevant to them so you want to really focus a lot on the content creation so what is content creation what is content marketing and what are the steps in that so the first step in content marketing is planning that content what are you going to talk about right are you tapping into their pain points uh content that creation how are you going to create that content what is it going to look like right what types of content are you writing a blog is it going to be video really thinking about those elements of content creation and what are the assets that you're going to need, right? Do you need graphics? There's a lot of graphics on this show. So you want to think through that asset development, right? What are those assets you need to create? Is it graphics? Is it other videos, an intro to the show? Is it an outro for the show? Really think about that and let your team know. Or if you're doing it yourself, make sure that you have it, you know, Jot it down so you can actually get it done. The other thing you want to think about is promoting that content. How are you going to promote that content? A lot of times content fails because just a lot of people don't see it, right? And it's not promoted. Uh, so you might have really good content, but it's not getting that visibility that it needs. And then you want to think about step five, which is content distribution, getting that content across different platforms, right? Understanding exactly where your target audience is because they may be hanging out in a few places. They may be on Facebook. They may be on LinkedIn. They may be on TikTok. They may be on Reddit. Where are those places? And you want to get that content in those places so that they can definitely tap in and listen to what you're saying. So that's an important part of content creation, that content distribution. Um, repurposing content. If something works, you want to use it over and over again. I know sometimes we feel like we're, we're just going to create new content. If something is working, look at how you could repurpose that content. It could be content from a year ago. It could be content from two days ago. If it worked really well, take a look at it to understand. Could you, you know, maybe break it down into bite-sized bits? Could you just use it as is again? Repurposing content is a great way for you to really see, again, the longevity of that content. And sometimes, you know, it feels like we're just creating a lot of content. So repurposing is something you definitely want to do. Um, the other thing is measuring measuring the effectiveness and the impact of that content, right? Uh, I think it's really important that you measure your content because you want to understand if it's working, if it's not working. You have to look at analytics. Everything in digital marketing has to be data-driven. Uh, you can't do anything without it being data-driven. So the team is back here, guys. Let's jump in and talk a little bit about the recap from last week. Any points you want to add around content marketing? Because I'm sure there's still more to say. <laughs> Process, process, process. 
Just do it. Just do it. Do it. Do it. Get in and do it. I will. You know, I had loved the repurposing point because I feel like you know that equates to me. I see it equating to see things, right? So do it, yes, but also be smart about how you use it so that you create some efficiencies. You're on mute. We talked about this last week, and uh, one of our favorites, Azalea Health Services, Dr. Joseph, has been repurposing content from last year. It's just funny because when you look at it now, you're like, I think she has different hair, but the content is so relevant. So for the ladies, sometimes you have to worry about, do I have different hair in that content? But that's the only thing, but the content is still super relevant, and people love the content, and it still gets uh, really good feedback, and it still gets, when content is good, people go back to it. It doesn't matter if it was from 19. 1974, right? So they go back to the content, they pay attention to it, especially when it's good content. So I feel like I've said content, content, content too many times. <laughs> I kind of like how it flows. <laughs> All right. I'm already having too much fun. The coffee is kicking in. Things are great. That's the type of show we're going to have this morning. All right. So let's get the business out of the way. So if you are here with us, it is important that you connect with us. I want you to connect with us on everywhere, everywhere, everywhere we are. Okay, so we are on YouTube. So it's important that you connect with us and follow us on YouTube. Subscribe to the channel, set notifications because we're trying to monetize YouTube and we're really pushing forward with that. So definitely, if you're not checking us out on YouTube, we want you to go there, hit that subscribe button, check out the notifications. But if you don't like YouTube, that's okay. We got some other places for you too. Go to LinkedIn, check us out on LinkedIn, check out your business and digital page. We're actually growing that page. Thank you to everyone that has followed us so far. We are over 300 people and we just started the show about two and a half weeks ago. So we are really moving the needle with that. So thank you to the team for all the work you guys have been doing. And we are also on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And as of last week, we are now on Google and Amazon Podcasts. I feel like we're everywhere. So we are really into the content distribution at this point. So get it done, follow us, tell all the small businesses about us, tell all your friends, all your friends, because usually business folks hang out with other business folks, right? That's what they do. That's what we do. <laughs> so definitely tell folks about it. They want to know how to move their business to digital. So guys, we're in more places. We're content, we're distributing the content slowly, but surely. So now we're on Google. Now we're on Amazon. Um, last week I was having a little bit of fun. <laughs> We're everywhere. We're everywhere. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> we are where our people are. We're going to where our customers and where our community is sitting. So I love that. I love that. So that's exactly what we're doing. And it's really important for us to do that. So, all right. So we're a rolling, rolling, rolling. So let us jump into our first segment of the show, which is hot topics. So this week's hot topic is an interesting one because We've been having some conversations around AI. We've been having conversations around all kinds of stuff, right? Tech, verification, blah, 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 blah. But one of the things we haven't talked about yet is actually Web3. And a lot of the tools, a lot of the things that we're talking about, AI is really built on Web3, right? So what is Web3? And this is an article that we we got from HubSpot and love HubSpot article. So we'll definitely put a link to the article uh, in the comments. Um, but what is Web3? So uh, Web3 is really the third generation of the internet, right? Um, it is a vision for a more, what they say, a decentralized place where consumers actually have the power. So in Web2, in Web1, 
wasn't so much uh, the consumers had the power. In Web 2, we got to talk back, right? For a long time, and marketers talked at us. But in Web 2, as consumers, we started to talk back to our customers. We started to talk back to these businesses, right? We started to say, hey, here's my review. Here's what I'm thinking. So in Web 3, consumers really become, uh, you know, a little bit more at the forefront of what's happening, what marketing, it, the, the information that they're pulling in. So it's very, very consumer focused. The other thing about Web3, it's going to be built on the blockchain. I'm not going to be here to explain blockchain, but if you are not aware, blockchain is definitely one of those more secure mediums. Um, and so it's definitely going to be uh, a lot more secure. Data is going to be important and it's going to be built on some of the infrastructures that are here right now, but I'm sure they're going to make it a lot better and it's going to be more secure and more private for users. Right. So that's a little bit about Web3 uh, and how it's going to play down. Um, the other thing is, as a small business, what are some of the things you want to think about or what are the impacts to your small business? So now I said this before, right? Uh, Web3 is going to be more consumer focused. So this is directly from the article. Uh, proponents of Web3 believe that a consumer uh, should play a more active role in how their data is used and who they should share it with, um, given that it's their data, right? They will hold more power in their data. So right now, the big brands hold all the power with our data. Google, Netflix, uh, Amazon, they hold the power. So think about that shift as a small business. If the consumer is holding all the power with their data, then we really need to be more consumer focused as small businesses. Uh, more community. So uh, Web3 is going to be more of a community approach, right? Again, that redistribution of power to the, co to the consumer. And we have to think about that as small businesses. How are we building communities? Are we building communities? What types of communities are we building? Because that's going to be a really important factor in Web3. The other thing we want to think about is content creation. As a small business, you should be creating more content because that's going to be the thing that draws folks into you, right? Content creation is going to become really, really important. Content creators are going to feel a little bit more autonomy. Right now, sometimes, I know as content creators, we feel a little bit trapped within some of the platforms, but we get a little bit more visibility um, because the consumers are at the forefront. So as a small business, you want to think about it in two ways. Are you creating that content? Because now is the time to start creating that content. And again, how the platforms are going to shift and change. You know, what I visualize when I think about Web3 is I actually visualize people being in their homes and they're like, I want this, I want this, I want this. Everything that we've seen on TV. So think about that. You have to be really, really special to be in that consumer space, to be in their homes. So you definitely want to think about Web3. Don't get nervous about it. I'm not saying it's happening tomorrow, but it may happen. It's happening over time. We're already at the AI space. You know, slowly but surely it's happening. So you want to start thinking as a small business, where do I fit into this really, really consumer-centric space? And what am I going to do to maintain my customers and to move along with these trends as we move into Web3? So I said a lot there. <laughs> I'm going to kick it over to you guys. What are your thoughts? I was hoping you'd explain blockchain, but that's <laughs> <laughs> all good. It's all good. I, so I, I guess I sat in the class one time while I was in Trinidad. Funny enough, I was at this event where this guy was just explaining blockchain. And what I visual, what he pulled, pulled together was a bunch of banks and that there's how Basically, it's going to be the secure system. So visualize um, 
your data connected and moving from bank to bank to bank, but really, really secure. And you will be able to, for instance, um, track the track back to where things have passed through. Uh, there's a lot of information tied into a transaction. So all those track transactions become really, really trackable uh, and become really, really tight and really secure, right? That's again, that's a really generic explanation. But what we saw was uh, the visual that he put forth was again, the, that bank and all the banks and all the connections that are really secure and how they move through. I don't know the security of banks right now, Mike, you are our bank expert. <laughs> <laughs> and even I don't know as yet, you know, everything is everything that's that's out is pretty much hackable at some point. Right. Um, so chain is supposed to be that thing that may not more be secure. Hackable, Correct. Secure. So 256 byte encryption, I think. If we oh, were you know there. I gave that, you my layman's term explanation. Hopefully that works. You, it did well. You did well. But what what's getting me about this hot topic is that that limited access to user data, right? Um, I think that's what's standing out the most. We've built marketing on, on small businesses. We've built on you know this new access to data we've never had. And are you saying it's going to go? Like... Well, I'm not saying it's going to go, right? We've built it on, we haven't, as small businesses, we're piggybacking on big businesses that have stolen our data, right? That's just what the fact is. Um, while we use all these platforms, uh, they are, you know, evasive and and then taking all our stuff. So again, not so boxing, trying to remain neutral in the show this morning. <laughs> um, but <clears throat> so what we have to focus on is the relationship with your customer, right? Because um, we focused on community when we were on Clubhouse and we spent a year building community. We weren't getting as much data, but people were listening to us because our message resonated. So I see the importance of doing something like this, building a place where your people can come and find what they're looking for, making sure that you're distributing the content. So this is actually better than data, better than just having the data points because we get to connect with our customer. We get to know a little bit more about them. Uh, we get to have them in the same space with us and then they slowly get to build trust. Um, if I think about myself as a buyer <clears throat> and I don't like to talk about myself, <laughs> you know, I just have a show that I talk on at seven o'clock on two days a week. <laughs> I don't like to talk about myself at all. Anyway, if I think about myself as a buyer, um, I am I am looking for a relationship with the person now, especially as a small business owner. I'm looking for a relationship with the people that I'm spending my money with because that's shifted for me, right? I'm looking for a relationship with small businesses because that's where I want to spend my money. I'm looking for them to do really good so I can continue to spend my money. I'm looking to see how they're growing. I want to be a part of their community now because that's what I'm doing uh, for businesses as well. So that's kind of where I want to be in my space as a consumer. Um, so I think that customer focus, that customer centric uh, piece is what's important. And then the content creation piece, less about the, we're losing data. We're losing possibly Google and Facebook and the social media platforms that have dominated and gone crazy, right? But what we're gaining is that relationship. And I think that's what's important because that's really the heart of it. How are we building relationships with our customers uh, and going deeper because that's what we talk about when we talk about nurturing. And then the fact that they get to not just talk back, but they get to say, here's my 
here's my stuff and I want to share my stuff with you. That means that they believe in you, that they have committed to you, uh, that you've done all the right things as a business. So does it put the onus on us as businesses to do more and to be better and to you know, ramp up our customer service to be top of mind so that when someone goes to the refrigerator or they're in their space doing this thing, that they're like, hey, let's go to Monovan Digital. Hey, let's check out your business in digital because these people feel like we've built relationships with them and I'm in a place where I want to share with them. So it's the onus is really on the um, small business. And I think it there's a, because it puts us on a level playing field as well, right? Web 2 did that, and I think Web 3 is going to do that a little bit more for small businesses. Uh, it's going to put us on a more level playing field because we don't have to outspend anyone. We just have to be nicer, better, create the right service, make sure that our consumers come back. We have to make sure that the – go ahead, Michelle – <laughs> what is the it? sales continuum is that what we're speaking here exactly. we just have our sales continuum becomes better and tighter and i think we get to own more so i soapbox a lot here today i think well first off that blockchain thing at 4 15 in the morning is kind of rough so i'm just going to stay away from that one for a moment <laughs> my brain just can't absorb that this early in the morning so i'm going to move on to one of the things that you mentioned that we're already baby stepping into this with gdpr i mean every day i can think of over the weekend five or six different places that i was like no 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 you may not have any of that only strictly necessary is what you get from me so we are we are already uh, speaking to those those companies we're engaging with, and now and saying, well, hold on a second, I don't know you like that. Let me step away and and let me pick what I want from you, and I might get back to you later. And let me invest a little bit more, and I'm going to walk into it a little bit more. And I think you're right in that. Let me get to know you a bit better. And what we spoke about last week, and what you just recapped this morning on how important content marketing is for this new initiative, not new, where we've actually been in it, that will help us with Web 3.0. Getting the information out, the no like trust factor uh, is very much at play in this realm. And you're right, the sales continuum is so important from the moment we engage to and through the sales process for re-engagement throughout the cycle. So I'm all here for it because I don't want you in my house anyway. So. Like <laughs> you're in the door, but I'm not answering. Ringing the doorbell and nobody's home. <laughs> but I feel like I feel like it sounds like we're going. It's almost like we're going back to basics a bit, and and small. I think small businesses could respond better to this situation than the corporation. That small businesses were built on relationships. Your neighborhood, go all the way back before the internet, your neighborhood bakery, your neighborhood mom and pop shop was always about that relationship with their customers, how they knew them on a first name basis. They knew what their order was. Like they would be able to call and say, hey, 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 Mike, here's your usual, right? And you get your usual, if it's, if it's a sandwich, if it's a coffee, whatever it is. And I feel like small businesses, um, Came, well, it came from that and it evolved into what it is. And I feel like it's a bit of getting back to basics. And I think we're better poised to do it than the, the big corporations. And I feel like we could we could benefit a lot more because you're just asking us to do what we were bred to do anyway, which is, you know, build that relationship with the customer, um, 
getting to know them and, and getting to know them so intimately that at the drop of a hat, hey, Michelle, yeah, here's your order. You don't even have to think about it because you built, not because that they sto stole your data and know, well, Michelle ordered this two weeks ago, but because they've known you on a level that is beyond, I just have your data. Oh, Andrea, let me tell you how that was at work for me just yesterday. Just yesterday, I left the house. Yeah, I do go out now. And it was it was a beautiful day out here. And I, instead of choosing a new place to go to, because I'm still learning this, this area of Southern California, but I purposely went back to a cafe that I frequent regularly. And sure enough, exactly what you said, locally owned business. I walked through the door. They greeted me. They said, hi. They pointed to a seat because, you know, pick a place that you want to go to, Michelle. I sat down and they dropped the coffee black with nothing, water with no ice. They brought the regularly thing that, that I order every time, cooked to perfection. And then one of the ladies sat down and said, hi, how are you doing? Good to see you again. Thank you for patronizing us. We appreciate it. That happened to me yesterday, yesterday. Now think about that in digital because that's what that's really the premise of the show, right? It's really about taking all those things and what does that look like and feel like in digital from the moment you decide you want your coffee, you decide that you're going into the store, if that small business is able to translate all those things and that the experiences you get into the store gets a little bit better. Um, I think that's where the win is. So Andrea, what you said there is exactly the heart of it. We're going back to exactly what we know building community, uh, you know, and creating that relevant content to make sure the solutions, people feel good. They know me, they know who I am, because right now we don't feel that way with social media, right? We don't feel that way as business owners. We don't feel that way as consumers. We are in a space where we're kind of like, uh, all right, Mark, I'm going to be here because I need to be here. All right, <laughs> guy on Twitter, whatever his name is, I'm just not even saying his name at this point. <laughs> all right, we'll be here because we want to be here. You know what I'm saying? All right, TikTok, uh, you're going, you're not going. It's just there's no control for our businesses, right? So we're, you know, so I think we get a little bit more control and small businesses, they're agile, they can adapt. All they need to understand, they need to not be afraid of the technology, right? I think that's the thing. It's the fear of technology. You have the competitive advantage because you're able to be more nimble as a small business. So web three is where you really get to compete. So start doing the research, pay attention to it. Um, you don't have to make a lot of moves right now, but you want to start understanding certain things about it. Cause I think it's the more you understand, the better it will be for your business. And uh, I wanted to jump in and do this because I, I think I gave a little bit of a convoluted definition, but blockchain is a system of recording information in a way that makes it difficult or impossible to change, hack or cheat the system. A blockchain is essentially a digital ledger of transactions that is duplicated and distributed across the entire network of computer systems on the blockchain. So that is a simple definition of blockchain. And I wanted to come back to that. And Mike, I'm going to pass it over to you because now I give you a definition. <laughs> I still need coffee on that, though. I mean, really? Yeah. Yes, I agreed with Michelle. I, you just need coffee to get through blockchain, right? Um, but I guess the points that, that we're all making here, and, and I'm just going to circle back again just one more time before we leave this topic. What are some of the things, my question is tomorrow, what are some of the things we see now? So what I'm hearing now is are things that when we see things around choosing, accepting or rejecting cookies, what Apple has done with the iOS, are these 
precursors that we're seeing? I believe so. I believe they're precursors, but they're still precursors by the big businesses, right? So, <laughs> I mean, we're probably still going to be, you know, maybe changed to maybe not devices like this, but different types of devices. Um, but I think those are some early moves to protect our data uh, so that we can say, hey, this is who I want to share with and who I don't want to share with. So I believe those are moves in the right direction. Um, and as much as I love I mean, everything I have in my, this is a, is a, a Apple gadget. I'm still also suspect as there are the people that are like, oh, let me make life easier for you. Well, you still take my content and you still take my data in other spaces. So, you know. I don't know. <laughs> think about the opt-ins too. Think of all, in, instead of, you're, you're opting in instead of opting out on a, on a few things now too. So I think we're gradually walking into some of this and, and we just don't realize that this is getting us to Web 3.0. Yeah. Yeah. Also, Apple is doing this against their competition, right? So what I'm really, when, when Apple gives me an opportunity to opt out, they're saying, opt out of my competition, but you're still staying with me, right? So they're just continuing their monopoly world dominance. But again, we're not here for that conversation. <laughs> the cult that is, I'm, you know, okay, I'm going to stop. <laughs> Worthy hot topic, worthy hot topic. <laughs> and what's crazy about it is I remember I I'd a pre I did a presentation on a web um web two, one of those when I first started digital, you know, back in um, you know, when I was <laughs> you know, like two weeks ago. <laughs> Two years ago when I was 25, I did a presentation. No, let me so I did a presentation on web two. Um actually in Trinidad. It was one of the first digital marketing presentations I did. And I just was stumbling through my Gmail and I was talking to Mike about it. And I found all these presentations that I did. And I was just like, oh my God, I talked about web two. And at that point in time, the conversation was that are you listening to your customers because they're talking back and that was actually in the conversation so i literally had a guy like are you listening and so now the shift is we're not just listening they're not just talking back they're taking back control of their data uh so that's really an important factor uh so it was really good to see that just a few years ago and it's really the same talk track uh as to where we go next so um yeah interesting stuff interesting stuff but we got to move on because we can spend this is not <laughs> the show is not about <laughs> but it is right the hot topic right so web three as a small business you want to think about web three and where your business is going to go with web three don't let it overwhelm you just start the research right now uh we have a little bit of time there's no date for web three right so it's not like it's happening next week but there's slow moves to that space so pay attention to everything that you do um and ask questions you know ask us questions drop questions in the chat we're happy to answer and if we don't know the answer we'll find an expert that knows the answer because we know all the experts so Moving on along. All right. So time for our second segment, which is go beyond the likes. One of my favorite segments uh, and go beyond the likes. What we are, what we're talking about this week is last week, we talked content creation, all the good stuff. This week, we are talking lead generation and why lead generation is critical for your small business. And 
of course, we have questions <laughs> that we're going to answer because I think that's the way, the best way for us to do this, right, is to really start answering questions that businesses have. And um, I think that's how we get through this conversation. So lead generation, guys, that is the heart, especially for service-based businesses, right? We find ourselves in a space where we're looking for leads constantly. And uh, sometimes people are getting leads, but they're not necessarily the type of leads that they want. So let's jump in and talk a little bit about what is lead generation. So when we look at lead generation, lead generation is the process of identifying and attracting potential customers to your business, right? Um, by taking the time to invest in lead generation, a small business can really establish themselves in their industry and create awareness, visibility, and then grow your bottom line. So it's really about getting your right customer in the right space with you uh, and making sure that these customers are the people that you can convert at the end. So that is really the heart of lead generation, attracting the right customer to you. So guys, <clears throat> I'm going to pass it over to the room to kind of start talking a little bit about lead generation. Go for it. <laughs> Not all at once. Not all at once. <laughs> I think it is, you know, the sales car here, you know, it is the heart and soul and the beginning of you making money. If you don't have somebody coming through the door in abundance, abundance, come, come in abundance, the right audience go in abundance, then you can't get to that point of sale and bringing revenue down to your bottom line. So it's imperative that if you able this discussion and you've been avoiding it and hiding behind the curtain, you know, <laughs> trying to, to, to avoid this, you better open up the door and get to it because you're not going to get money in the bank if you don't get a lead through the door. So in abundance. Well, Michelle, I'm just going to you right away. Why is lead generation critical for business growth? Because you started talking about it. So jump in. It is, it, in a nutshell, how are you going to close a sale if you don't have a lead coming in? It is your business. It is the beginning of you making money for your business. So think about the cash register ringing before that register can ring. And I know I'm aging myself when I say this, what, we, what it is, is it's allowing business to come through the door and for someone to say, yes, I'm interested in what you have to offer. And from that point, they go through your sales journey and eventually say yes to the product and service that you're offering, which will generate revenue for your business. So your leads are going to be imperative for you to make money. Absolutely. <laughs> Go Absolutely. She's speaking my language, right? Lead generation is the first step to revenue generation. It's that first step to money in the bank. It's that first step to getting paid and making your business um, sustainable. It's the first step to getting cash in order for you to do what you need to do. So if you don't have an effective lead generation um, process or strategy, you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot, right? Because you don't have that um, group of people that is going that is going to give you the revenue that you need. So it's absolutely critical for businesses to have proper lead generation. Because the first step, AKA, first step to money in the bank. God, you guys are just flowing today, today, today. All right, so let's. When jump. you wake up, the money people early in the morning. That's what happens. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right, money, money, folks. <laughs> all right.
right. So let's talk about what is a lead generation strategy, right? Uh, so a lead generation strategy is really just a systematic approach to identifying and attracting potential customers that are interested in you. So, I mean, Mike, I'm going to kick this over to you to jump in because you're one of the money people, but um, that, that strategy, you're always talking about the importance of strategy. So talk a little bit about lead generation strategies and why it's important to have that system uh, to draw people into the business. Well, lead generation, it's important to have that strategy because mainly it's, it's a function of time that you're spending with these leads. And the premise, of course, is that not every lead is going to convert into a sale. So you want a strategy to make sure that you're, you're being efficient in how you're generating those leads. Of course, a lot of us must have seen emails where, you know, we are quoted by companies that said, we can generate leads for you, right? Um, so you want a strategy that's reaching out, again, to the right, the right type of customer, the right bit customer for your business, so that you are not wasting time, right? And it's all about having that process. How do you find them? How do you connect with them? And then how do you ultimately convert them? learning on best practice as you go so that you can increase that conversion rate as you go. So having that strategy, all important so that you're not doing cold calling. That's what it comes down to. Look, I think lead strategy, when we're talking about the strategy component of it, actually isn't just you reaching out. It, actually, it literally starts with what you think about your business and what who are the people you're trying to attract? Who are your people what do you want as your target audience? How do they buy? When do they buy? Where do they buy from? All of that is encompassed at the beginning. Before you even decide to what mode you're going to do to reach out, you have to understand who you are and why you're here before you can even talk about where you're going to go to get them. That's the beginning of your lead strategy. It's your sales strategy. <laughs> And then, it's not a dirty word. You, you know what? When, when Michelle, I'm glad you said that because I'm going to liken this to, you know, the early days of, of and my short experience with selling insurance, right? Where how you generated the leads, they, they gave you this list and said, okay, write down all your family members, write down all the places, all the stores that you go into, and this long, long list. And you know, if you got maybe two percent of that list, you did very well, right? Right. So, so that was a, a, as you said, you know, all those things of knowing well. It didn't start from a place of what was I selling? Who, you know, who would really key into that product or those those suite of products, right? So everything, I'm definitely going to double down on everything you said. That it's it's about knowing that target customer, about knowing their habits and what works best to generate those leads. Oh my God! Get the money people up, and they are popping this morning. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Step number four, what are some effective lead generation strategies for small business? So I'm going to run through some of these really quickly, guys, and then you can absolutely uh, jump in and talk about that. So some of those strategies are creating valuable content. That's something that we talked about before. We talked about it even in Web.3, right? In creating valuable content, this is what your audience will connect to, right? When they're searching, they're looking for valuable content that draws them in through the door. So that's really important. If you have a website, you want to have those optimized landing pages. You want to make sure that it's optimized for search. You want to make sure that when people get there, the experience is the right experience. All those things matter for you from an online standpoint when you're generating leads. You want to leverage the social media platforms, right? You know, sometimes they make us a little bit crazy, but you want to leverage them in order to build your leads, especially if they're hanging out in those places, the Facebook, the Instagrams, the 
LinkedIn's. Uh, you want to be in those spaces and start collecting the leads, especially for the right type of customer. You want to leverage email marketing as well, too. Email marketing is a great way to nurture those leads once they come in. So these are all really great ways for you to get leads and then to also, you have to consider when you're thinking about a lead generation strategy, how am I nurturing them? How am I getting them to know more about me? And how am I getting them to engage with me? Because that's what's important as well. And a great way for you to also uh, get ad for you to get leads is through paid advertising. Paid advertising is another great way for you to do that. So those are some of the effective ways to generate leads as a small business. So guys, do you want to jump in there? Talk about anything? I want to add to your list. And this it goes back to the sales continuum about post sales activity and how important that those are. Reviews. When a review and referrals are other lead generators for you in the digital space, because when somebody's leaving a review, good, bad, or indifferent, that is going to either dissuade someone from coming into your business, or it's going to force them to lean in a bit. There is, before somebody clicks yes for you and buys from you online, they're looking for information from strangers to validate whether or not your business is a worthy business for them to invest in. All of us read reviews and look for reviews before we go to buy something from a business. We want to see a picture of that necklace or that blouse somebody's wearing that looks like me. And we want to see the words that they're saying about us. So that is a referral and that review is validating us in that space and is going to generate a lead. And I'd like to add there that when you when we're talking about those lead generation strategies, you know it still comes back to understanding because at any point all some or all could be relevant to your business. So it's about understanding where your customer is in their journey, which strategy may work best. So it may be some, as I said, it may be all, it may be a few of, of just picking a few because it it may determine because of where I am in my journey. If I am just at that research phase, I'm now asking the question for the first time then lead generation in the form of, you know, FAQ pages, you know, downloadables, those types of things. But if I'm a little further along and I'm closer to my decision-making phase, maybe something else is going to, you know, a form that's contact us form, maybe something that gets me a little closer to, to, the, to, to that sale, that's where it becomes really applicable. So knowing your customer, again, having that strategy will determine when you hear all of these, how do I know which one I'm going to use? Well, that's how you're going to know. I love that there are so many options in terms of lead, you know, lead generation, the, the different techniques. You don't have to do all at the same time. And as a small business owner, all these things could get very overwhelming. I like that you can pick one and you could do that for a while until you get to the point where another one suits where you are right now in the business. So don't be overwhelmed. These options can be very cost effective if managed well. Things like email marketing are probably one of the least, um, or sorry, most cost effective ones. But it, it, the, the, what we're saying is there's so many ways that you can do it. Um, find the one that works for you and be able to, um, you know, institute it in your business. So there are options. That's what I like about it. 
guys are on fire today. <laughs> so how do you start uh, generating leads for your business, right? And, you know, this comes back to some of the basics, some of the fundamentals that we talk about in this show all the time. How to start gener generating leads is first, you have to know and identify your target audience. I can't say that enough. Knowing the people that you're going to service, knowing the people that you want to work with, knowing the right people for you. The target audience is important. The other thing is you want to develop a clear understanding of their needs and their pain points. While it's your business, it's very customer focused, right? Very customer focused, just like we talked about in Web3, that customer focus, the more you understand their pain points, what they're trying to accomplish, the better for you. You want to also create a compelling solution or offer that addresses those needs. Uh, those are some of the things that are at the heart of generating new leads for your business. You want to use the right marketing channels. Where is your audience? audience? Where are they hanging out? You want to reach them where they are. I know Dana has talked about that when she's joined the show before and added it in her comments, reaching people where they are. You want to utilize tools like lead magnets, right? You want to do stuff like maybe a podcast, maybe a video podcast, maybe write a white paper. Maybe you want to use a quiz to capture information, but you want to use engaging lead magnets. You want to use things that they need and they want, right? Don't just create a lead magnet that is, oh, here's this thing that I have. Make sure that it's it's compelling and it comes back to their pain points and it's something that they could utilize. Uh, and then finally, you want to track and analyze your leads. You really want to track stuff. Everything you do in digital marketing should be really trackable and lead back to the goal. I can't say that enough. Any activity that you're doing, you want to track it. And that's really important for your lead generation as well. I'm all over this one. It is, you know, it, what I love, and yeah, I'm going to talk a lot on this one, is that what you're doing is you're helping to self-qualify as well. When you there's clarity in your ask, when you are intentional in the, the messaging that you're putting out, when you are meeting a pain point, filling a need, resolving a problem, then you are qualifying that business and they will lean in. And also for those who you're not meeting a need for, they're going to opt out real fast. So when you are clear and intentional with what you want for your business and your target audience, it's quite efficient. And I'm sure Andrew will agree that helps to actually save money and time and you're a bit more efficient. So more money through the door and more down to the bottom line. Absolutely. I mean, you know, it takes time and resources to, to develop your leads and speak to people. So you want to be able to speak to people that are likely um, to, to buy in because then you're going to waste time talking to people that's not going to buy in. And, and I love the point Tamaria said, a lead that people could actually use. I could speak from being a consumer and, you know, I got, I, you know, I, I downloaded the template and never used it. You know, I realized, oh, this doesn't really make sense. You know, or I subscribe to a mailing list that didn't make sense. I mean, you, you, you end up opting out. So you really have that that lead that you want to get, you know, giving to people really has to make sense because then the journey for them, the journey will stop at the beginning because they'll realize, oh, I don't think you're really speaking to me and they'll opt out. And the thing about it is you are, you are probably the service that they need. But if you didn't curate it properly and push them down, push them further down the line, you're going to lose the sale, right? Lose, lost sale equals lost revenue, right? So, you know, you really can't afford to, to you really can't afford to, to not be right about that lead generation and, and start doing the right things. I hope I said that right. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, no, you did. What, and what I love about what you said is, is something that I, I mentioned to my clients often with Lanyap is that that in time investment on the front end, and it is an investment, will help you with a greater conversion rate. It will help generate better, more targeted leads coming into you. And that's less time that you're spending saying no, yes, no, yes. Instead, you're leaning in and saying, well, here's how I'm able to resolve that pain you have. And by the way, here's an additional piece of information. And if you just click here, it's going to answer the questions that you have. So it's important that you invest time on the front end to be really clear about what you want and your ask for your audience that's coming to knock on your door. Lead generation in the building. <laughs> Good morning, Garth. Thanks for joining us. How are you this morning? So I love everything that you guys have said there. And Andrea, I actually was thinking about you because whenever I think about my the lead generation tool, I remember you saying that you got tools or or, or lead magnets that meant nothing to you. And, and you're right, right? If the, the, the thing that I download from your business or the thing that you give me to use the first time solves a problem for me or, or I use it and I'm like, oh my God, this was awesome. Then your business stays top of mind. And you're like this, I, if I got this for free, if I paid them, <laughs> what would I get? So it really, that is, and, and you have to think about this lead generation too. You have to think about your funnel, right? You have to think about the sales continuum. You have to think about that funnel. Where are they coming in? And they're experiencing all these things by themselves on the internet. So your experience has to be the right experience. That lead magnet has to be the right thing so that people feel like, hey, I'm getting exactly what I need. Mike, did you want to add anything there? No, I, I think you all got it covered. I like that you just touched on, on the different types of lead magnets because I think we may feel, or well, businesses may feel that it has to be a downloadable. I'm glad that you're given other options as, as far as the webcast and podcast because if I'm in, in a B2B, if I'm in a service industry, that makes way more sense, right? There's not a downloadable I can give anybody saying, you know, that they're going to just want digital marketing services on the, off the bat. But a webinar or a podcast like YBID, definitely serves that purpose much better as far as driving those leads. Right. And Tamara, you said something that's really key too when we're speaking about leads is not only meeting them where they are, but where they are in the cycle, in the nurture sequence. Because they, you, you may be at a place where they're beyond needing you for the first time. For instance, they could be in this room with us and have watched us for a while and we delivered something within our email sequence that is a, a call to action that meets a need for them and they're moving farther. So our, our conversation with them at that point, their point of entry for us is at a more mature place than someone that's at the very beginning who needs to, to learn about us, to know us, to like us, and then develop the trusting component for it. So be mindful of that as well as you're talking about your nurture and lead sequence. Oh my goodness. Ooh, this conversation is popping. <laughs> All right. So point number six. Now this one is a big one, right? How do you generate leads consistently? <laughs> 
the only way to generate leads consistently is to optimize the process that works. If you are generating leads and you have a system in place, right? Because we talked about a systematic approach. You have to spend time building out your lead generation strategy. You can't just pull up a form and be like, this is my lead generation strategy, right? You have to think through all the steps. You have to think it through like, hey, I'm going to have them come in. If they're new to me, they're going to come into this page. This is what they're going to see first. This is where they're going to download. you got to plan it out. Well, to get that consistently, you have to look at what works and then you have to optimize. You must optimize. So you have to look at the data and you have to optimize consistently to get that lead generation strategy working so that it's, you can put it on autopilot, right? So it's going to take a lot of work. It's going to take a lot of analyzing the data, but if you got one lead from it, then you have to say, okay, what worked for this one person? If you got two leads from it, what worked for them? If you got no leads from it, then you still have to say, well, what's not working? And then you have to assess that process and optimize. So it's about optimizing and then it's about testing because if you optimize and you say, hey, this works really well for lead generation, I'm going to put this into my rotation. This is going to be a part of my process regularly. Then you want to stay on top of trends and what's happening in the industry and start testing out new things so you can eventually move those things over and say, yep, this works as well. So a space of optimizing and a space of testing. And I would say if I had to break it down into numbers, apparently I love numbers. <laughs> I would say probably about maybe be 70, 30, right? 70, 30, 70 optimizing, 30% testing, testing and test one thing, test it for a while, maybe two, three months, and then move that into the formula. So yeah, this absolutely works. I can add this into the rotation now and then start testing something else. So you want to optimize. You want to look at your data. That is the only way that you can drive leads consistently. Might I add to what you're saying? This is time for the Lanyard Public Service Announcement, where we say... <laughs> What Tamara described for your lead strategy, it is not a feeling strategy. We are not operating on feelings. We are operating on data and what our clients are saying to us. So listen to what she said. It is about what the data is saying to us and restructuring or monetizing and, and re recalibrating based upon what the data says, not what you feel is the right move for your business. What is a feeling? Uh, only, only data runs through my veins. <laughs> And remember when we asked that question, that simple business question, how did you find us? How did you, where did you hear about us? You know, that's, that's where it started, right? Somebody walks into your business, you're not thinking, well, I think they're coming from here. I think they're coming. You're asking. You're asking directly of those who have come into your store and bought. So, again, data, data, data. We, we will repeat that ad nauseum this morning. There's no, there's no end to that. Use the data to make those decisions. No objection from the no, no objection from the, the money person here. Numbers, numbers, numbers is the thing that helps you to make better decisions. In my recent um, workshop that I did, I actually told the audience, I said, stop feeling and start calculating. And they just went crazy with that because I said, stop in your feelings. Every time I asked a question, somebody would say, well, I feel and I think I said, stop it. Stop feeling and start calculating. Right, we cannot run our business on feelings. Feelings does not pay bills. <laughs> Tamara. I say it again. What's the one-liner? Because I'm going to use it today. What is the one-liner? Feelings do not pay bills. No, the calculate. Feeling and start calculating. I love that. 
stop, stop feeling, feeling and fast stop calculating. <laughs> we need that as a hashtag. Uh, <laughs> stop feeling and start calculating. Oh my goodness. That is <laughs> awesome. Stop feeling and start calculating. That's 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 it. That's that's my new mantra. I'm I'm gonna get a t-shirt. <laughs> it's t-shirt worthy, actually. Yes, t-shirt from, worthy. from the words of your CFO. Yeah. I expect a whole banner on your social and other places with your face and that just a quote. <laughs> yes, stop feeling, start calculating. <laughs> And just like that, we have a new hashtag. (laughs) I love that. Oh my goodness. I am having way too much fun. All right. So on to point number seven, and this one's really important. And I'm sure everyone's going to have a little bit to say about this. This is really important because we must qualify the leads. So Qualifying your leads is really an important part of driving towards the conversion and then getting to that place of more profits, right? So what you have to do to qualify your lead is go back to the target audience information, understanding what is the demographic of my ideal customer, right? What do they look like? Age, the amount of money they make, their interests, where are they, right? You should start seeing those things showing up in the people that are coming in as leads. There should be some things that are familiar to you from your past customer, Also, where is the lead? You know, are they highly engaged with your business? Have they been watching your show, your business in digital for a while before they made the plunge? Or, you know, are they, have they filled out information? Are they subscribed to your email list? Are they interacting with you on your social media platforms? Where, how engaged are they? Because if you can score that engagement, then that's really important for your business. You can say this lead is a warm lead. This lead is a hot lead. This is lead is a cold lead and may still need to get more information. Understanding their level of engagement tells you where they are with you in their process. And then evaluating their needs, evaluating the potential customer's behavior, right? Have they purchased from you before? Do you have, do they have a history with you? Are they buying consistently from you? Or did you ask them about a budget, right? Do they have a budget that they're willing to spend? By understanding some of these factors, you can really understand what lead is going to convert, when they're going to convert. You get to the real science of that lead and understanding, hey, this is when when someone gets to this place, this is when they're ready to buy from me. And it starts telling you the story, right? So if you're scoring them, you can say, hey, once they do these five things, they've looked at my email, they've downloaded this, they've watched the show, they've taken this other action, they're highly engaged. And usually when people take these five or six steps, what we see is really a call for proposal, and then they move from there, and then they purchase from you. So you'll start understanding the formula uh, as to how to qualify a lead and understand where they are in their sales cycle when they're ready to buy. So um, I'm sure there's a lot to say about qualifying a lead. (laughs) Yes, ma'am. I've got lots to say on this one. I I spent in Lanyap when I'm, I'm working with a client in this area, we spent a good full two sessions on on this and identifying your demographics and your target audience and what you're asked. And I always fall back to something my elders say, and it's really relevant, so bear with me when I say this, it's like, who are you and who are your people? You know, who, who are your people? And knowing them really well and understanding what makes them tick, and that is imperative for us to understand in this space. And when you've done that homework, in not just in your gut, because we're not working on feelings, but what you will understand quickly is when you're qualifying that lead or when you're trying to understand who these people are, 
it's going to be much easier because you're going to be firm in your conviction on who you want to include in your world, who was the right person for your product and service that you're offering. So now you'll be, be more intentional in the space that you're in and the words that you put out there because you're clear on the demographics for your target audience. I knew I couldn't beat Michelle to unmute there. There was no way that was going to happen. <laughs> I was like, I'm like, okay, okay I, I lost. So what I'll definitely say about this, about lead qualification is, and I'm just setting up the stage for Andrea really, is that it's, it's going to inform your pipeline, right? That qualification is what's going to inform, okay, I have 10 people that have maybe a 20% chance of converting. I have 30 people that... Maybe a little closer, 80% chance of. So you can see how the math is starting to math, as we like to say, or Andrew likes to say, the math is starting to math. So qualifying leads is how you are now going to inform your sales pipeline and allow you to do some projections. Andrea, off to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. So I usually say, I think the math line is, is more Michelle line. I like to say the numbers don't lie, right? So the numbers don't lie. They tell us, but they do tell a story. They don't lie, but they tell a story. And they, they're going to tell the story of what's your next step. So if you're, you have these two options, people that are 20% going to convert versus people that are 80% going to convert, you're going to want to put your resources and time and effort into the people that are closer, right? Not that you want to forget about the 20%, but you're, these are the people that the numbers are saying you are more likely to be successful and get money in the bank if you go this way, right? So when faced with um, a fork in the road, you're making that decision based on a number. And the number says, and this came from your leads, from your lead strategy. Number says, go this way. These people are more likely to be your people. And these people are more likely to, to join your tribe, et cetera, if you want to call it. So yeah, the numbers don't lie, but they do help tell a story and they do help create your next step. People can self-qualify too. When you are, because we, we spoke earlier, I think Tamara, you mentioned about, we, we need a lot of leads. You know, the conversion rates aren't at 80%. So if, if, if you're coming in and thinking for every uh, lead that comes in, you're converting everyone, it's actually, you know, the truth here is that the numbers are small. The numbers are really small. If you're able to convert 20% of the leads that are coming through, you're doing extraordinarily well. So it is imperative that you allow the message to be so strong that when someone comes in, that they self-qualify and eliminate themselves early and often. So that you you have the right people that are coming in and your your message speaks clearly and then they move down the nurture sequence. So like she said, the math got to math, the numbers don't lie, and it's going to tell you a story that you should want to hear. So make sure the leads that are coming in are the best, the best of the best. And I would add that you know we should always put in brackets qualify and disqualify. Right? Because you you definitely want to be able to disqualify quickly and still leave them in a place that feels like, well, we've tried, but we're not the ones for you, right? Um, I know I've, 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 I have my anecdote when it comes to disqualification, and that was early in the day, looking at, at a, a virtual assistant. And they sent me a couple emails, asked me a couple questions, each email, and they disqualified me. And I was like, but this was a great experience because it got me thinking of where I needed to be to avail myself of that kind of service as well. So I didn't feel put off by any stretch. So disqualification is just, just as important, I would say, as qualification as well, because that's going to save time. As you said, it's time, it's effort, it's projections of your pipeline. 
and it's also going to inform your process flow, right? What you, what content do you have to be creating depending on where people sit in your where those qualified leads sit? As you said, where they sit in that continuum determines what content I'm going to put out. How much effort is around that content? If it's at the 20%, do I need to do more webinars? It's at, if it's at the 80%, do I just need to make a phone call? That's as simple as it gets. So that's my two cents on qualification. Like I said, I've just added in brackets. Disqualification is part of the process as well. Yeah, I think disqualification is really important. Sometimes as businesses, we like to see people in our database. So we're like, I got 2,000 people in my database. But here's the problem with 2,000 people in your database. You're paying for them. And when we look at conversion numbers, we're looking at about 2 to 5% possibly, right? When we're looking at conversion numbers. So you want to be in a space where are you paying for people in your database that are not going to convert just to have those numbers? Get rid of those people. It's okay to get rid of those people. So you definitely want to qualify and you want to disqualify. I think that's a really, really important piece because, again, sometimes as the businesses, we're caught up with having a big database. What you want is the right database because you can have a hundred people and get the right people in those 100 to uh, qualify and then to take the right steps. So it's not about quantity. Lead generation is definitely about quality. It is a quality game that you're playing and you want to pay, play for the best type of quality. And you, you want to think about that sales funnel and it comes back to a strategy because if someone is at 80%, then what's happening next? But if someone's at 20%, maybe you have things that are on autopilot that they can watch, they can engage with to get themselves to a place of getting to 80% ready, right? So that score game is really going to be important for you. Pay attention to your leads. Um, I think this was such a great topic today. So we've gotten to the end of our, you know, beyond the likes topic, which I loved. You guys were super engaged. Today, we talked about why lead generation is important for your small business. And everybody here was having a good time because they love the numbers. <laughs> you know, from Andrew, we heard it today. Stop, <laughs> stop feeling, start calculating. That's where we want folks to be. Stop feeling, start calculating. So, all right. So we are at that point, guys. We are at the 801 time. So super excited that everyone was able who's able to listen to us live. If you're listening to us on the podcast uh, on Apple or Spotify or on Google or Amazon, hopefully you enjoy this show as well. Um, we definitely want you guys to connect with us, follow us. One of the things that we have in store for you is also our quiz. So we want to make sure that you can really test the effectiveness of your online presence. So I'm going to ask you to take our quiz. If you are a small business and you have an online presence, assess the effectiveness of your online presence. Take the quiz. Scan our QR code and take the quiz. If you're listening on the podcast, we'll definitely put the link in the show notes so you can take the quiz. If you're driving, when you get home, you can take the quiz. Or when you're done listening to the podcast, take the quiz. If you're watching us on YouTube, it's definitely in the comments. Take the quiz. Take the quiz. I can't say it enough. Take the quiz. Assess the effectiveness of your online presence because it's important that you have a strong online presence and that it's working for you to generate the right leads, that you have all the pieces in place, that you're looking at your analytics. And this quiz gives you a little bit of a roadmap of all the things that you're doing correct and maybe some of the things that you could do a little bit better. So take the quiz. This is our lead generation tool. Um, so we're showing you what we're using as a lead generation tool. So definitely, definitely take the quiz. Um, 
All right. So we got some comments in the chat. Um, Dana is like, great show. Allison is like, certainly enjoyed this show because, of course, the folks love the money. So thank you guys for joining us. These folks love the dollars, but it was definitely jam packed. Um, and don't forget to connect with us. Do not forget to connect with us. Subscribe on YouTube. Okay. If you're not following us on YouTube, but you're following us on LinkedIn, go over and follow us on YouTube. Come on. We want you to subscribe on YouTube. We are working to get to 4,000 watch hours. Okay. It is, that is what we're trying to accomplish. 4,000 watch hours gets us to monetize. We're telling you what we want to do so you can help us do it. Um, the other thing is check us out on LinkedIn. If YouTube is not your jam, check us out on LinkedIn. Uh, if you want to just listen to us, you can't listen to us live. That's fine. Check us out on Spotify. Check us out on Apple. And recently we just added to Google. If you have a green bubble thing, phone, I think it's called green bubble. <laughs> then you want to check us out on Google. <laughs> Maybe Amazon. To all the green bubbles in the room. <laughs> to all the green bubbles across the board. I'm not hating. <laughs> No, no. Color. Just green's my favorite. I don't want to ostracize anyone here, Andrea and Michael. <laughs> but you know, cold, cold. <laughs> cold. we're looking at you, you Android users. <laughs> can't hear you guys. I don't know what you're doing today, but we can't hear you guys. <laughs> but no, guys, this was an awesome, awesome show. It was so much fun talking to you guys today. You guys were definitely, definitely on fire. So tell the people goodbye. We will be back on Wednesday. And Wednesday, we're talking a lot more about lead generation. And we're talking about lead nurturing because that's an important part. Uh, that's how we get to that place of really building the relationships uh, with our potential customers. So uh, lead nurturing is definitely going to be an part, important, important part of the conversation. So thank you guys so much for joining us. Thanks to everyone that joined us live. And again, if you're checking us out on the podcast, uh, hopefully you enjoy the show. Take the poll. Uh, let us know how you feel about the content that we're producing. We definitely want to hear from you guys. Have an amazing Monday. If you're still celebrating Easter, happy Easter. And we will talk to you guys on Wednesday. All right. Take care. Bye. Take care.